Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Cleveland with my brother, Eric Hurt. So glad to be coming to you again with another podcast. This one we're very excited about. We're going to be discussing an important topic. Eric, I have a feeling it'll be the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, brother, I, I believe it will be because, uh, you know, we don't want to just have a talk here. We want to point our listeners and ourselves uh, to that which has power to transform us. And so, yeah, today is going to be about the gospel, brother, and I'm really excited to be here with you. Amen. Good point. Well, we want to look today at the book of Job, chapter 9. And we'll look at verses 32 to 35. And, you know, Eric, in this passage, Job has a problem with God. Uh, <laughs> he has uh, had everything taken from him, including his family, his farm, his friends, everything has been taken from him. His family were all destroyed, all except for his wife. And uh, she said, curse God and die. Uh, and so he lost all of his children in one day. He lost all of his flocks and herds in one day. He is now covered with boils and sores, and he has, he's having a bad time of it. Um, of course, mm -hmm. we know the backstory here that God called Satan in, and uh, God initiated a conversation with Satan. He brought Job up to Satan and uh, said, hey, Job, uh, hey, Satan, look at uh, my servant Job doing great. And Satan says, well, yeah, it's because you blessed him. Take all that away and let's see what he does then. And um, so here Job has gone through all these um, extremely difficult things. Um, Eric, what would it be like to lose all your children in a single day and your job all in one day? What would that feel like? Oh boy, I feel like your world has just ended. Uh, your entire life, um, you know, this would would be absolutely uh, a miserable place to be in, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the weight of this uh, would be excruciating, one would think. Yeah, and, you know, some people uh, talk about, well, I, you know, I've had a difficult um, situation at work or I've had problems in my marriage and I'm all depressed and well this is far beyond that this is much worse than any of us have gone through and Job is struggling with it to say the least and if you look at verse 32 he's he's talking about God here because he's understanding that God has done this to him or if, since we know the background in chapter one God has used Satan um, to to do, bring these things to Job in his life. This is a severe test he's going through. And he's talking about God here in verse 32. He's not a mere mortal like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. Eric, he's saying, I can't take him to court and make him explain himself because he's God. Um, yeah. I, I can't sue him 
Um, I, I can't demand an answer from him. He's God. And, you know, a lot of us have felt this way that, you know, God has done things that I just don't like, that I'm uncomfortable with, that, I, that hurt me, and um, I don't appreciate. And God, why have you done this? And yet, we know we can't, you know, treat him like a man, drag him into court and make him explain himself. He's God. And so Job from this point on now is going to make a little turn. He's going to express his desires and his wishes. And Eric, this is something that we all desire if we think about it, what Job is about to express. Um, why don't you read verse 33 there if you have it, Job 9.33. Job 9.33, there is no uh, arbiter between us who might lay his hand on both of us. So he's longing for a mediator, isn't he? He's, he's longing for someone to reach out his hand to God and reach out his hand to Job and bring them together. Um, Amen. He, he has this need within him. Oh, if only I could have an arbiter, if I could have a mediator, if I could have someone, you know, maybe someone who was like God and man that would come and bring us both together, put his hand on us both, put his God hand on God and his man hand on man, and we would come together in that person. Hmm. If, if only. Oh, you can't sense, Eric, the longing in the heart of Job. Can't you sense the the pathos, the... The, the extreme need that he has for some mediator uh, to, mm. to bring God and Job together. Amen. And that mediator, we know, we know who that mediator is, uh, don't we, brother? And this mediator uh, knows exactly uh, what Job had went through uh, because this mediator, Jesus Christ, gave up everything. And had everything taken from him and, you know, emptied himself to nothing, brother. Um, you know, left his heavenly place, left his father's side and came in to this world as a man and was stripped of everything. He lost everything and went to the cross for us with joy. Brother, he was stripped and yet joyfully and remarkably. Uh, where the hand was laid on them both. There was the mediator. There was the man, the God-man, that took it for us and took it from us and then turned instead not to give us what we deserved, not to punish us according to what we deserve, but took it all, uh, took every ounce of it, every bit of our sin and shame and trouble and everything that we've ever experienced was experienced by Jesus on the cross. And what a beautiful illustration of, of love. Uh, and uh, what a beautiful illustration of that courtroom that Jesus went in on the cross, nailing completely. It all finished there for us. Amen. First uh, Timothy two five says, "For there is one God and one mediator between God mm. and man, the man Christ Jesus." Mm. Uh, as you said, Jesus came between God and man and took the full brunt of God's wrath. His anger against sin was all 
expended on the Lord Jesus Christ, who came between us as our mediator and, in a sense, reached out and touched the Father and reached out and touched us sons and daughters and brought us together and Mm -hmm. made us one and reconciled us through his body unto death. And Mm -hmm. as he did that, we have become one with the Father. We are united to, to God the Father and God the Son because of the mediator, the man, Christ Jesus. And mm. I think about when he was on the cross and his arms were stretched out and you can, you can see him in the position of mediator reaching out to take two parties and make them one. And this mm. is what he has done for us. And so mm. the next verse says, again, Job is expressing this longing and he's saying, I wish, I wish I had someone to remove God's rod from me um, so that his terror would frighten me no more. Job is afraid of God Mm. uh, because God has hurt him. Uh, God has wounded him. And he wishes that there was somebody who could take God's rod away from him. When he says God's rod, he means God's wrath, the the Mm. rod of punishment. And and Job is longing for someone else to be punished. Uh, Oh, if there were someone who could come and take this this horrible punishment, this rod of God away from me. I just wish someone, you know, could come and not only bring us together, but remove my punishment. Uh, Eric, we have someone who came and took God's rod from us. Mm, we do. And for this, yeah, amen. And like Hebrews says that uh, he had to be made in every way like his brothers. And, and, and to take on flesh and blood so that he could take the rod on the cross so that he could bear the wrath of our sins he became as we we are and were uh, so that he can take us and clothe us in that which he is which is righteousness and holy and blameless and and what an uh, amazing illustration that that the god of heaven and earth uh, the one who spoke and the universe leapt into existence would take on flesh and bone to become as we are brothers so that he could pour out his life's blood for us so that he could take that rod and um, take it away from us. And it's just incredible, uh, this love and mercy that we receive uh, at the cross, this love that we receive at the cross, this uh, it's, it's so um, deep and wide who can comprehend uh, the love of God and how deep and wide it really is, brother? Yes, it's it's beyond our imagination. It's beyond words to describe mm-hmm. that somebody would come and take our punishment, uh, that somebody would come and take God's rod away from us, um, <clears throat> draw it to himself. You know, I, I think of Micah <laughs> chapter 5, Micah 5 verse 1. And it says, marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. Hmm. Israel's ruler would be struck with a rod. And you might ask, well, who is this ruler? And and where would he be born? Where would he come from? Well, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. 
whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And so Eric, out of Bethlehem uh, came a ruler, and this ruler was struck on the cheek with a rod. And this is symbolic of the fact that Christ would be crucified on a cross. He would be literally hit on the face with a rod, but also his back was lashed until mm. it looked like a farmer's field because he was plowed. His back was lashed. His, his beard was pulled out. In fact, he offered his beard uh, to those who would pull it out and his cheek to those who would hit it, his head to those who would crown him with thorns, his hands and feet to those who would nail him to a cross. He came to take our punishment, to take the rod of God away from us. And Eric, what amazing news that we do not have to be punished for our sins because Christ was punished. Jesus took the rod of God away from us. And look what Job says the, the result would be. He's saying, oh, if only I had someone to remove God's rod from me, here's the result. So that the yes. terror would frighten me no more. Mm -hmm. Do you know what fear has to do with punishment? Um, yes. And, and so look at Jesus. He was punished in your place, brother. Mm. Because he was punished in your place, what does that do from you, for you? It removes your fear. Um, we can live life, this life, we can live boldly, confidently, trusting the one who died for us, without fear no mm. fear. isn't that amazing yeah it really is because the fear is that he's coming for me the terror is that he's coming for me with a rod and as you so well stated what takes away that fear the fear of jesus coming uh not to condemn the world uh, but the world might be saved through jesus christ the one who was condemned for you. Boy, if that doesn't remove the fear and the rod and the wrath of God, I don't know what will, but that certainly is tremendous love that God has for us. And, you know, when we look there, brother, when we look to the cross, uh, constantly we remember, we're reminded as we talked just before the podcast that we've been cleansed from our former sins. We've been cleansed from our former life. And every single sin, brother, every single sin that we've ever committed was uh, struck in Christ when he was on the cross for us, struck with a rod, nailed in his flesh, torn, like you said, with his back plowed. He wasn't even recognizable on the cross because that's how ugly and awful our sin is and was. And so... Jesus was brutally beaten for us and nailed there and uh, canceled our sin debt there and condemned there. And so that, that way, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there isn't any condemnation left. Why? Not one speck of con condemnation left for you and I, brother, and those that look to the cross and put their faith there in Jesus' shed blood where our flesh was put to death because he was condemned for you and I. That's why there isn't any left for you and I. So you talk about fear being gone, the rod removed. Boy, this, and what does this do to our hearts when we look there? 
it, it makes us want to fall down and worship with great gratitude and thanksgiving that we're free in Christ indeed. Doesn't it, brother? It does. I love how you just said that. That's beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that we have no fear as we approach God, we can't have fear. Uh, fear is the beginning of wisdom, but the cross is the end of fear. <laughs> and so we, um, we don't want to live in fear of God. We live in awe and wonder and respect and deep, uh, deep worship of him. But there's no fear that he's coming after us with a rod. I love how you said that. Why? Because he went after his own son. And so, mm. you know, if you look at, at Christ on the cross, you know, just see him being stripped naked. You know, it, why? To clothe you in the honor that you don't deserve. Mm. Look, look yes. at Christ. Jesus took the blows. He took the rod uh, of God. It was nailed to a tree. He suffered these agonies of death to heal you and redeem your life from the pit and set you free. And in other words, Jesus was punished that you might be pardoned. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, you know that the only time, the one and only time that Jesus did not call God Father was when he was on the cross. It's the only time. Why? He, he called him my God, my God. He didn't say my father, my father. Uh, why? Well, he was being treated as if he were not a son. Why? So that you and I could be. Uh, and so he cries out, my God, my God, that you and I might cry out, my father, my father. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jesus paid the debt, this huge debt that we owed. Uh, Jesus paid it. He paid it with blood. He paid it with his perfect life laid down for us, sacrificed on a tree that we might be forgiven and pardoned and raised from the dead and made new and, and given new thoughts, new hearts, new loves, new passions, all of this because Jesus took the rod of God for us. And now we have no fear. Eric, what does the next verse say uh, in verse 35 there? 35 says, then I would speak without fear of him for I am not so uh, in myself. And, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, this is now I can speak without fear of him uh, because Jesus took that away. You know, like you said earlier, was, you know, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the end of fear is the cross. I loved how you said that. I believe that's what you said, but uh, it's just so beautiful because now I can speak. I can speak without fear of him uh, because he's, he's not coming after me. He's pardoned me. Uh, because he put the punishment on the sun. And what does that do for our hearts, brother? Oh, man, it sets us free. It, it fills us with joy. It fills us with great gratitude. And, you know, I, I no longer have fear in myself. And I know, brother, there's somebody listening right now that is probably looking at God as if the wrath is coming for them. Uh, they're looking at God wishing and hoping that there was somebody else to take this rod away from me. And, and hopefully you've heard it clearly that Jesus has done this. He's taken it all away. He's taken every sin, no matter the sin. Uh, and we don't want to say that, that Christ came to die for many sins. He, he came to die for every sin. And, and so every sin that you and I have ever committed, listener, listen, it was for you. It was so that you could be pardoned. Like Mike said earlier, he was disrobed so that he could robe you in his righteousness, blameless, holy, and with, without shame and without guilt. 
Isn't that remarkable to hear this message of hope, uh, this message that has power to reach down into your heart and cut it and heal it and raise you up as a new creation where you're no longer enslaved to all your thoughts of fear of God, all your sins that maybe tried to tell you you're, you know, you, you should be condemned and, you, you know, you don't deserve the cross and on and on they go. But, but we look to the cross and see it and believe that message because that's what happened. It was the greatest exchange ever known and ever seen and the greatest love that you and I will ever experience. Isn't it, Mike? It is indeed. And don't you want to just tell Job that? <laughs> don't you? Yeah, amen. Yes. He's crying out. Oh, if there were only someone to mediate, if there was just someone to bring us together, if there was just someone to remove God's rod from me, and I just want to shout, Job, there is. Of course, he knew that now. Uh, but, right. you know, he was just crying out for Jesus and for the cross. And, you know, maybe the listener here is doing the same. As you said, they're thinking that the rod of God is coming for them because all they can see is their sin. Well, they need to stop seeing their sin and start seeing their Savior and start seeing the cross and how God lifted up his arm to swing his rod right at you, listener, and Jesus stepped right in front of you. And took that rod and he was beaten to a pulp and then crucified on a tree. Why? To remove God's wrath from you. Now, listener, all you can experience is the love of God because your sins can't condemn you. They already condemned Jesus. Your sins can't give you guilt. Your guilt was taken off of you. Your sins can't bring you into judgment. Jesus was judged for you. Your sins cannot uh, put you to death. They put Jesus to death. And, and so you are, are able to speak up without fear of him. You can come to him boldly, Eric. It says to come to the throne of grace boldly with confidence. We can come right into the presence of God, knowing that we have no sin on us because Jesus removed it. And we do not fear punishment because Jesus took it. And so Job says, he ends this passage with, but as it now stands with me, I cannot, or in myself, I can't. It's just a, he has a fleeting thought, oh, if there were someone. And then he's like, well, but it's not, it's not now. Listener, it is. We can, (laughs) we can stand up and speak to almighty God face to face because Jesus has opened for us a new and living way through his blood to make us right with God, to give us a hope and a future. And we can, can uh, say uh, to Job, oh, we, we have someone. Uh, someone has come. He's our mediator. He brought us together with God. He removed God's rod from us. His terror does not frighten us anymore. We speak up without fear, and we can stand in his presence now relishing the fact that, you know, Christ is for us. Christ has died for us. Christ has risen for us. And we are here in his presence forevermore, Eric, because we are free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from sin. And that just makes us free, 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 doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. You know, and I just love the way you said that. And I could just 
listen to you go on and on about the cross, and uh, hopefully the listener has understood it, has heard it, it has sunk down into the hearts and given them hope today, brother, just as the cross has given us hope, lifted us out of sin, drawn us to Christ and his shed blood, it cleansed us in it, we washed in it, brother, and uh, the place where we were totally cleansed, our lives were completely changed, and now this happens over time not overnight in many cases. And as we're, as we uh, become sanctified and, and become more and more like Christ, uh, more and more transformed into the image of Christ. So listener, if it takes a while, that's okay. Uh, But uh, when you look to the cross and you remember these things that we've been discussing today and you see it clearly uh, that Jesus was condemned for you. uh, When you see that you, uh, Jesus, disrobed your sin, took your sin off of you and placed it completely on himself. And um, so we hope today that you've heard loud and clear the message of the cross. And because that's the only message we ever want to share, isn't it, Mike? It's the only message of power. If we don't share the message of the cross, we're powerless. Amen. No blood, no power, no death, no power, (laughs) no resurrection, no Holy Spirit, no power. Um, but this mm. is a message that it makes us have a self-quake. Uh, I, I <laughs> the, the thought of that, Eric, because the, the self-quake is where our whole world is shaken up. You know, the, the way we think and the way we treat other people, the way that we live um, is just rocked We're to the very core of who we are. Why? Because we've seen that Jesus loves us. Um, that's what it takes to be a Christian. Mm. to see that Jesus has loved you and has given himself for you, has suffered in your place, has taken your sin on himself, as Eric said, has clothed himself with your sin. Uh, He was naked on the cross, but he was covered with your sin. Uh, You may feel naked here on this earth, but you're covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ if you're a believer. And so this self-quake, this total rocking of our world is what is so necessary uh, for us to experience transformation. And Eric, there's no other message that does it. There's no other message that can rock our world uh, like the message of Christ crucified and risen. Uh, So brother, maybe someone's listening who is uh, thinking along the lines of Job, you know, man, I just wish I could have a talk with God and, and we could, you know, talk this out, and I'm just fearful of him. I can't um, seem to come into his presence because I'm terrorized by him. His rod is about to come down on me. Um, Hmm. Pray for them, if you would, and just help them to see the cross. Ask God to open their hearts and their eyes to see the cross. Yeah, I will, brother. Father, we are so grateful for this time together, and we're so grateful that we can look to the cross and see Uh, that there is a wrath of God, but it was stopped right there at the cross where Jesus gave up his life. He unclothed himself and from his riches from heaven, it took on our sin, took on our shame, was raised up on a cross as a criminal so we could be pardoned and set free. And so our chains would be broken that our lives would follow Jesus to the cross, crucified, our flesh put to death by faith, by looking to this cross, 
And so, Lord, I pray for the listener that this message would sink down into the heart, that this message would cut and heal the heart because we're healed by Jesus's wounds. And we're thankful that instead of coming after us, Jesus's back was plowed and he was nailed to the cross with our sin debt. And therefore, our debt was canceled in his flesh. Lord, he took it all because he was hanging there. He was loving us. He loved us right out of our sin. He was the only one that loved us to death. He's the only one that went to hell and back for us and all the way into heaven, risen where he's praying and interceding on our behalf. Lord, I pray that the listener would look to the cross now and see that this was for them, that Jesus became sin for them. Jesus wants to clothe them with his righteousness and make them blameless and spotless. And he wants them and their lives to be crucified with him, that their old man would be buried in a tomb, that they might raise to a new life, raise free from their former life, because those who are in Christ are free indeed. This is what the cross is all about. The cross is all about setting captives free, paying our sin debt, uh, that we might live for him and no longer for sin. This is so that sin would be brought to nothing and that we could live to Christ, live through Christ and live with Christ. And so Lord, we, we lift up that one listener that their hearts would be pierced today and that they would see the cross in a new way and never see it the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.